0: sav
1: yes benny
0: it's episode four are you caffeinated yet
1: well mate you know the deal with me and caffeine it's it's uh it's running through the veins um yeah we're, we're good to go mate let's do this awesome. i've been waiting all week mate. me
0: too me too how i'm curious to know how was the melbourne weekend and how did lucas go
1: yeah, look, Melbourne weekend was great. Uh, always goes a little bit too fast, you know. I wish the work week would, would move a little quicker, but the work the weekend went fast. But it was great. We went down. Um, as mentioned in the previous podcast, I was down there to support Lucas. Uh, he ended up winning in the Black Belt Heavyweight Division. Yeah. And then he fought in the absolute and uh, came a very close second. He was very unlucky to lose that, so it would have been double gold for the day. but. Mate, he's just an outstanding perform, uh, a- a- an outstanding performance, and he was just he just blew me away. And you know, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, juggling the new baby, the academy, and talking about being selfish and all that sort of stuff, he just mate, he ripped it up, <laughs> he absolutely destroyed it. But the weekend was great. I had a lot of fun. Uh, caught up with some old friends, and you know, got to do what I love, just watch jiu-jitsu.
0: Yeah, it's actually it actually struck me as when you're um we go to when you go to these comp sav, it's not just an opportunity to you know support our competitors and sport Kainoa who we're gonna be talking to today, but it's also like a bit of like a, a an opportunity to meet other coaches and our old friends and have yep. a chat with them. What's that like? You know, you get in there, you're now you know, you've got Kainoa running around doing his thing, you you you've got a Ooh. successful academy you're now the the big kahuna of. w y w you're walking around. What's that like? Give us a sense of it.
1: It's good. You know it's, a, it's interesting, the point you made, because I've been, you know, sort of coming up to sort of 20, 25 years, you know, training, and you meet so many people on that journey, you know, and, and going down to Melbourne, you know, you, you kind of, you, you don't really sort of go down thinking, oh, I'm going to catch up with so-and-so and so-and-so, but it's really interesting to when I walk around, like I'm constantly, it's never it's never an easy walk for me. Like I'm constantly running into someone. I'm not the type of person who will just sort of say, hey, and keep moving. Like I like to stop, you know, ask people, hey, mate, how's things? How's your academy or how's your training? And, you know, there's always so many people to catch up with. And I, I really do enjoy being down there and seeing those old faces, whether they're people who I've competed against or, just friendships that i've built over the years it's really good like i, I love
0: it uh, I, I i and i can sense that in you and i really want to take the opportunity on behalf of all the listeners to point out thank to say thank you to you sav for pointing out that you're not the type of person to just say hello i think that's why we got this podcast But
1: <laughs> 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 well, yeah, well, yeah yeah we ended up here for a reason. That's for sure. true story. I do remember some of the guys turning up in wetsuits.
0: um, I do remember walking into my first class and thinking, this is ridiculous. Okay, Sav, today we have Kainoa. How do we make him sweat?
1: Oh, look, he's, he's a pretty cool customer. Um, trying to make him sweat's going to be challenging. But um, I think just I'll look. At one thing that I wanted to, to talk about, I think, which would, you know, resonate and sit quite well with, you know, most kids competing, Konoa, um, you know, and why I'm saying this a little bit tongue-in-cheek is Konoa's is really strong on the competition circuit. Uh, he's been competing at the, you know, the highest level with the highest kids for, you know, forever now. And down there on the weekend just passed, um, you know, the result didn't come his way. Um, and I wanted to t- talk about how that makes him feel and, and you know, what, what he takes from that. Because ultimately when you're competing and you're winning, it's quite easy to just, yeah, I won, you know. But when you lose, it does make you look back inside yourself and, you know, take a look at what went wrong and, and how it went wrong. Like, when I was a, a really uh, humble kid, when he loses, he, he wears it really well. There's never any complaints. He never says to me, I, oh, you know, it was because this guy did this. So he just says, you know, look, it's not my day. I'm going to have to get back and work on this and do that. And I think that's a great quality. Uh, although, when he was younger, when he loses there, sorry to put you on the spot here, mate, he, he would shed a Did he a ever few lose tears. it? Did he, <laughs> he ever crack I guess it? that's just passion. No, <laughs> no never, never. Absolutely not. But, you know, I think the tears thing, it's, uh, that's, that's passion. That's emotion. That's him wanting to do well. I mean, look, he's overcome that now and he deals with a, a win and a loss exactly the same way. There's no real change in his mood, but he definitely, um, I definitely can see him thinking a lot about it. And he had, one thing I do notice when he loses, when he wins, he never really asks me to watch the fights back. I've noticed this. So and when he loses, he'll say to me as soon as we get into the car, Dad, can I watch that fight? um so i noticed that he really wants to take a look at his losses when he wins he (laughs) he doesn't really say much you know it's what's done is done so it is quite interesting and that's sort of one thing i wanted to ask him today is um you know i guess more so for the listeners because i know him so well and we do speak but you know what's his what's his interpretation how does he feel when he loses you know where, where does he go with his thoughts does it does he feel disappointed? Does he, you know, does it make him feel like, you know, hey, I, maybe I'm not good enough, or does he think, you know, what I've got to work well, harder? I just wanted I to get his uh, take on Tell us how that. you
0: went. I mean, tell us how, tell us how you went over this past weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely it was a fun weekend. Came up against a tough competitor from in Perth. So it was a tough match. Started off didn't get to my game as week, so he just won by points. But from that loss, I learned so much. I feel like my jitsu game. It's completely reset. I know now that like every time I lose it just yeah. feeds a beast. I want to work harder and harder. So when I when I was younger I lost and I just didn't really think about it that much. I just have a little cry. But now when I lose it like, you could yeah. you learn so much from a loss. If I could if I could choose to lose or win most of my once I definitely choose to lose.
0: Yeah.
2: Just so I can learn more. It's good to win, but it's also very so, good to lose. So, you know, you I, I ask so much,
0: you, I those. know, Kinoa, that I ask you a lot of questions about comp, and I usually get you in the line just after the end of class while we're shaking hands. And I always ask you the same questions, you know, and you've been so generous with me even before this podcast came along. You know, do you get nervous going into these comps? You know, and
2: um, you... You always get the butterflies. You always get the jitters. But it's just about how you handle it. If you start overwhelming yourself then you're going to get very nervous, but you, just, you just got to relax, breathe, and yeah. You just got How do
0: you sleep the honest. night before the comp? Uh, not very well, my science. <laughs> okay,
1: not cool. Very well. <laughs> uh, mate, I beg to so- differ. When I came in to wake him up for the tournament, he was asleep <laughs> like a baby.
0: That's what I'm thinking. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to believe Sav on this one. I, I think that you're pretty chill, kind oh, Man, you know? he, was, he was looking pretty comfy in bed
1: there. I said, hey, buddy, it's 9 o'clock. You fight at 10.30. How about we get up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, do you, I, I've got to ask you because I, I've, I'm full of questions about this. Did you know your competitor? You, have you fought them before? Do you Do you know them from around or...? No, it's, it's pretty rare that I fight a person that I don't know most of the time when I'm competing.
2: It's the same few very high level kids in that circuit. Right. But this was a new competitor, a new challenge, which, which I love, I always love new challenges. So yeah, it was good, it was a nice, fun match. And I like it when it's a challenge. of new, it's always good in the pressure.
0: I mean, I, I, I don't know if I should be asking this question, but do you go out of your way to find anything out about them or do you just go in there confident in your skills?
2: No, I just go there do my thing. If I worry about what they're doing, it
1: sucks up on So just putting it out there with an the A game, and hope it goes really well. yeah, I think, yeah, I think the toughest, you know, and one thing I often speak to Kainara about is, you know, I, when I was competing, I used to do a lot of trolling and, you know, see if I could find some, you know, just some sort of footage on the guy I was fighting. You know, it's just all mental to, you know, try and get with just that little bit of advantage. But, um, you know, I always tell Konoa not to worry too much about that. Like, just focus on himself, because ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, the toughest person he will face on that day will be him. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm a big believer, and if you can just sort of get to the tournament from, you know, ready and focused and know what you want to do, uh, I, I truly believe they're halfway there.
0: Yeah, Interesting. Because I know, um, Sav, that you're telling all white belts and all of the belts, actually, that comp's are a very big part of our, experience, our journey and our experience in, in um, jiu-jitsu and that yep. where possible we should get out there.
1: Yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of trying to encourage, particularly in the fundamental program, I mean, obviously with time under the belt. Um, And and I'm quite honest too. If someone comes to me and says, oh, look, I want to jump into this competition and I don't think they're ready, there's absolutely no way I'm going to, yeah, go for it. You know, I think that they should have, uh, you know, a a sort of decent level of understanding. And, you know, I I like to watch them in the academy and make sure they know what they're doing. Because once you get into that situation of competition, uh, it's very hard to replicate that training. No matter how hard we train, we do a thing called King of the Mat where it's quite intense, um, but I also want them to, you know, go in there with uh, some type of understanding. But I, getting back to what you're saying, I, I really do recommend that everybody tries competition once. Um, it mightn't be for everybody, um, but I really think it's it's just so good for you as an individual, and regardless of result, you will come out of there feeling you know, really good and, and putting yourself in your environment. We, we don't like to get out of our comfort zone. And this certainly puts you in a position where you're out there. You're forced to think, you're forced to react. And I've said it before, I say it all the time to my students in the academy. There's nothing more we do as a team. It's just we got each other's backs. We work hard together. But on, on the flip side of the coin, it's so individualized. you know you really need to think you really need to when someone's on top of you squeezing you and you're running out of breath you know it really is up to you to make a decision under pressure and so that's what i like about it you know nothing more we work as a team but nothing more individualized it's just the benefits are great but the competition i think everybody should definitely step on the mats at least once and, and give it a try
0: yeah, I've heard you say that a few times, and just hearing you say it terrifies me, Sav. I've been doing this since February, and Greggy and I have got a deal that we will eventually go in a comp together because we're roughly the same age. And yeah, great. We're gonna, we're going yeah, yeah. And Clint's like, I'll be part of that deal. Clint's been in like two or three already. That guy, yeah, that guy's yeah. insane. Right. Uh, I
1: think, I think with Clint he, again, Clint's one of our students who started with us when we opened. You know, actually, ironically, it's ten months today the academy has been open on the fourth. So congratulations. Uh, Thank Amazing. you so much. Yeah, And I remember <laughs> Clint coming to me. Yeah, it, it's, been, it's been outstanding. It really has. But yeah. I remember Clint saying to me after being open for, he would have been training for sort of four to six weeks. And a couple of the higher belts were going in competition. He said, hey, what about this competition stuff? I'd love to give it a crack. And I said, look, mate, probably, you know, give it a couple of months. Let's get you a little bit more sound. He said, no, I want to go. You know, so we sort of prepped him to get in and, you know, do a little bit of work with him. You know, he's got a lot of heart, a tremendous amount yeah. of heart. And uh, let yeah. me tell you, he probably ran into one of the toughest guys. I don't know how long this guy would have been a white belt, but Clint fought all the way to the end, and he was very unlucky to lose. And, you know, I just couldn't be prouder of him, to be honest. And uh, he's such a great man with a great family. Him and his, uh, you know, his two kids train with us. And, yeah, he's, he's just a great
0: human. You know what was interesting about that comp? I went to Clint after that comp to give him a hug and say congrats because he's my tra- he's my training partner for white belt. Yeah. And I remember him saying to me, "Oh mate." Afterwards I went into the cool down area or the training area whatever, and I was talking to the guy who I fought against and he was just giving me all these tips. Yeah. And I was like, "What? Like mm. is that how it works?" And that's apparently how that's really nice. You know, pe- these are the little things that people don't know that make you feel a little bit better about everything yeah it's
1: it's you know what as mentioned earlier in this conversation about you know me running into people in melbourne like a lot of these people i run into i've at one stage or another these guys trying to you know unscrew my my neck or you know pull my arm from the socket and it's funny because we have so much build up and so much anticipation and you know who, who is this person and you know when you when you step on the mats and that other person's across the mat from you, it's you know, you're just thinking this guy wants to kill me. It's very overwhelming and then but then as soon as that bell goes, you'll find yourself pretty much being this guy's best buddy, like, hey mate, and, you know that was yeah. great and 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 that's where friendships are built. So it's kind of one of the worst feelings going in to fight these people, but you'll end up finding out these people be lifelong friends as Kai know I mentioned earlier, like you know these guys, he pretty consistently fights the same group of guys and, um, you know, they've become good friends of his. Like they really are. And like flying down to Melbourne when we jumped on the plane, one of the fathers, Tim, he's got a little, his son, Kobe, who's a really high-level uh, jiu-jitsu guy. And now we're at the airport having a chat to him and saying, do you want to catch up and go training together? So friendships are built. It's it's such a, you know, jiu-jitsu. I just, I just can't, I can't stress enough how wonderful this is in, in anybody's life.
0: I think that people don't people who don't ha- haven't been in jiu-jitsu very long or don't understand jiu-jitsu don't really understand that it. it is a family, and mm. it's not just you in your academy. It's across the whole board. E- everybody sees it as you know, like a, a membership almost to it. This this club of people who are really giving of their time and opinion. Kaino, I've got another question for you. The, and when you I've been to, I've seen your fights. I've come out and I've stood in between you know, Sav and Christian, with Greggy, Clint, Bruiser, all those guys, and we are yelling, we're just yelling, but by far the loudest voice is your dad. Can, can you hear, how many, how many of these voices can you hear? Like, because they're, we're all giving you advice, you know, get up, sit up, sit up, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it, but others are. How much of that can you hear? How much of that do you process? Uh, I
2: can probably only hear one voice. One voice and for that, yeah? The big Yeah, the big, big red screen you can hear from across the stadium. <laughs> uh, I can only hear his voice. Everyone else just sounds out. It's you on the mat and your coach. You can, you know, if you ever compete, I'm pretty sure anyone that's ever competed, yeah, your senses just kick in. You're in fight or flight. So, you just you can hear one person and it's, it's a good feeling. Like, you can't, you, there's a nice big crowd, but you can only hear one person.
0: So you, it's not like, you know, you're out on the mat, you know, I remember I saw one so, something where you were hanging off a guy who had stood up while you had him in clothes guard and you're hanging off, you're trying to do something and you're hearing your dad yelling something and you're not thinking to yourself as you're trying to get this guy into a submission, I wish dad would shut up. I'm just trying to do my thing here. You, I mean, seriously, you, you, that's not what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking, OK, um, you, you're processing what he's saying and, and sort of seeing if if it's if you can do it, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Here and there, sometimes if he's giving me the wrong advice, I'm shut
0: up, shut up. <laughs> but most, ninety percent of the
2: time, it's the right yeah. advice. And sometimes he'll say the advice, but I don't want the other guy to hear it. So I'm like, shut up, please don't say that. I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, but it's yeah. good. He's always giving the right advice. So most of the time, I'm going for what he's saying anyway. It's like a two-way street. We both know what's happening.
0: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And another question I've got for you. you... <laughs> You are very present in the academy. You know, your, your dad, you, you, you've been working with your dad in this academy now for, you know, 10 months today. Congratulations. That must be a great fit. How's, it been, how's this last 10 months been?
2: Oh, it's been an honor, you know. It's been, it's my dream job. I've every, even since I was a little kid, I've never wanted really to have a regular job. I've always said jiu-jitsu. You can ask anyone, I've always said jiu-jitsu, fine So. It's it's really a dream, living a dream right now. And it's just taught me so much how to carry myself, how to be how to be respectful on and off the mat. So it's really an nice honor to be Grace to in teaching you guys. Helping me and, out.
0: and you 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 know, you're quite present in I do a lot of lunch classes and I do the white belt classes. When you're walking around um watching all the all of us white belts do our thing on Tuesdays and Thursday nights, what advice would you give us if you could just think of one thing, here's for adult white belts. Here's these guys who are just starting their journey. You're, you just got your green belt a couple of days ago. Congratulations for that too. That's amazing.
2: I'd just say, calm down and think about what you're doing. Yeah, cause white belts have a tendency to really use their strength, try and out someone, but it's more a matter of just trying to calm down and think about what you're doing. Think two times before you do it. It's like a game of chess. You always got to think before you move.
0: Right, right. And is that the common mistake you see amongst the white belt, that they're they're moving too fast, they're trying to do things too fast, they're trying to go through techniques too fast? Because the, I understand that there is this belief that if you can do techniques fast, then you must be doing it well. And that's not the case in jiu-jitsu.
2: Yeah, like if you watch most of the black belt's role, any of their matches, it's very slow. It's a game of millimeters. So it's good to do the motion fast but start slow first and slowly build yourself and then you can put it into action.
0: Fantastic. So we have a few questions for you, Kainoa. Um, I want to get to the first one because there's, there was, you know, the usual suspects put in all the their sort of crazy questions, which we'll get to in a second. But Wendy from Gracie Parramatta asked, is there a world stage Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu athlete who has inspired you and influenced your game?
2: Yes, there are two twins. Every day of the week, I watch them every night before I go to bed. They are idols. Tell me why? Just the way they move. A lot. You see these days a lot of players. They just. They're very slow. They're not very active. They're, they're. They're. They're good, but I like the fast game, the intense game, attack, going straight for the submission, not going for points. They to go for the submission. They're in and out. And that's what they're there for.
0: Great. So, Barbecue Mike has asked, um, he asked two Bye. questions, but I'm going to go with one. I'm going to adjust a little bit. What's the one tournament you most like to compete in?
2: Um, that's a good question. Probably, I'd either say, ADCC at the World Championships, or just the Worlds in general, the IBJJ at Worlds.
0: Cool. Fantastic. Now, we've got a few questions from the usual suspects. Um, Cootie2107, who I imagine is somebody that one of you guys know, uh, said, do you know your dad was a mad bodyboarder and could also hack it up on a dance floor? <laughs>
2: yes, I do know he was a mad
0: bodyboarder. <laughs> and we see some of his dance skills on the mat some lunchtimes, yeah. right? We, yeah. we
2: sure do. We sure do.
0: <laughs> can, can, I, can, I, can I intervene
1: here? Because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cootie is uh, Aaron Coot. Um, <laughs> his father on Coot played for Australia. Very, very, um, very, very, very close friend of mine. Um, he's a black belt. He lives in LA. He trains under Jean-Jacques Machado. Uh, although he, you know, obviously grew up here and was training in Gracie and, you know, he's, his life has taken him to, to Los Angeles and uh, he talks about, you know, the, the surfing and stuff like that, yes, all my life. He talks about uh, being a good break dancer. Let me tell you a little story. I, um, I used to love, you know, I still, you know, I, I love break dancing. I used to carry this little lino mat on my shoulder to school, like, no, no, no shit. And we used to lay it out and do break dancing in the, in the schoolyard and so forth. And um, anyway, so I, you know, I had an opinion on myself. So as years went on and we started jiu-jitsu, I used to, you know, I'm always sort of, you know, playing around at the academy and so forth. I used to do a bit of dancing. And so, you know, Aaron sort of came back to me one day with some very simple breakdance moves. And I thought, okay, he doesn't really know what's going on here. So, you know, I just, I I kept putting it on him. And he just, he just copped it sweet. (laughs) He copped it really sweet. And then uh, I said, you want to get down one day, you know, You, you want to do this. And he's like, what do you want to do, Sav? I said, come on, mate, let's, 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 you know, let's do this. You want to challenge me? I'll break dance you off the floor. He said, nah, nah, look, man, you, you're too good. I, I, I can't come near that. Anyway, so moving forward, one night we're all out, whole of Gracie Jiu Jitsu team, you know, 30 of us, you know, having a couple of beers. And anyway, so we're in the Coogee Bay, uh, Coogee Bay uh, Hotel, and there's this big area upstairs, and we're all sort of, you know, drinking and carrying on. And you now I'd had, you know, a few beers, and I said, you want to do this, Cootie? And he said yeah okay I'll, I'll give it a crack and i said okay so i just came out and we made this big circle and everyone was clapping and i came out and did my best break dancing and i kind of walked away and just looked at him as if okay you know don't you know i know this isn't going to be good so aaron is a professional um oh look not professional but he is a really good break dancer i mean he got down on the floor and did stuff i i couldn't believe he's throwing his legs in the air doing helicopters He absolutely burnt me. The amount of the applause and and the shit that I copped after that was just, you know, I pushed him and pushed him and pushed him for months, and he waited for the moment, and he absolutely gave it to me. So he's very humble when he says your father's a good breakdance, and so there's a lot of sarcasm in that, let me tell you right now. But uh, I also met Aaron in the World Championships in LA as brown belts. And, uh, you know, it's just he... He got the better of me there too, so uh, I have nightmares when I hear his name. But look, this guy has been, you know, a long, a lifelong friend of mine, even ten, fifteen years before I started jujitsu. So uh, yeah, just anyway, there's there's always lots of stories. Let me tell you.
0: There's the challenge right there, Aaron. If you're listening to this, and I'm sure, I'm, I'm certain you will, don't encourage on, him, mate. Uh, <laughs> six six thirty, Tuesday Thursdays. This is our challenge time. Come down do some breakdancing. Sav's going <laughs> like, to join you. Let's see it. We see it.
1: He's actually here in Sydney at the moment too. So um, Fantastic. Mm.
0: Kainoa, thank you so much for joining us. Just before we leave, I just want to cover the, um, some stuff coming up for us because we, Sav and I, were, we were talking at our weekly meeting. We have got some massive stuff coming up in the next few episodes, don't we? Yes. So next week, we have Owen. That's
1: correct, from yes.
0: Gracie Miranda, and you guys are going to be talking about the road to Black Belt, which I think is going to be absolutely fascinating, and I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. And then the week after, we are working on having Chrissy, um, Wendy, and hopefully Serena, who we haven't asked yet, but maybe now's the opportunity. No, now but it's going time to break to... the news, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: To come on and talk about women in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from three mm. women who are, mm. you, as you tell me, I, I only know Chrissy, but as you tell me, Sav, they are three amazing female competitors, and just three yeah. amazing competitors.
1: They're absolutely incredible. I mean, these girls are at the top of their game. They all you know, have fought the recent subversions. Um, I was just speaking about Melbourne and Lucas and Cornell, but um, we haven't mentioned it yet, but Serena was down there fighting in the purple belt divisions, uh, six six to eight girls in her division. I mean, she just absolutely put a clinic on. She took home the gold medal as well. That's one of Lucas's purple belts. Um, So she's an outstanding competitor. She also ended up second place in the openweight division. So she'll be coming on uh with wendy who's coming straight off a subversion win really nice footlock. Yeah. of course chris from gracie botany she's just s- such a great competitor and yeah these three girls are going to be a really exciting i'm really looking forward to you know hearing their stories and you know this is coming from women who are at the top of their games i mean in in my eyes these are these are the very
0: best and we're hoping to have Kainoa back with a few other younger competitors coming up soon to talk about, you know, after the next competition, to talk about how they went and what they've learned because I'm sure that we are going to get su- such great feedback from this. And we haven't even scratched the surface with you, Kainoa. I'm sorry. I want to cover so much, but 20 minutes goes a lo- very, very quickly, especially Ooh, yes. when we're at 28 minutes like we are now. Definitely. So, <laughs> so I'll ask Sav to wrap it up. Thanks, Kainoa, for joining us yeah good luck in the coming tournaments thank you yeah
1: and um again just before we go i'd like to sort of you know have a have a word out but it's just been nice to do this podcast with kinoa um you know watching him from such a little kid floating around on the mats to being awarded his green belt you know just night before last and you know moving him into juvenile blues it's all happening very fast and i just want to wish him the best success for you know whatever he does moving forward in life and i'm um, just really happy to be part of his journey i'm uh, excited to see what comes to this young man.
0: I think we all are. He got a big shout-out Ian, from Ian Schaffer the other day. The, the Shaffer said this is the future of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. On his, on his Instagram, massive.
1: Yeah, this is uh, one of the best MMA fighters in the world, you know, fighting in the biggest events in Japan and literally going over there and knocking, and I mean literally knocking out some of the, the best guys uh, at that stage. Like, you know... So, for him to give a big shout out to Kanoa like that, and you know complete respect, and yeah, what a what a great great thing.
0: And Kanoa, I just want to say you got I, you got away with out me telling a story. I had to, my first role with you not that long ago, and I still tell my wife <laughs> it was my very first matrix moment. You went over the top of me in slow motion. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. It's still memorable it's still ingrained in my head but next time maybe next time you'll be doing the flips not me yeah you're right you're very kind okay Sav, let's wrap it up okay
1: guys thank you another fantastic podcast but for now
0: one two three